Welcome in, everybody. This is the Baxter Street Boys. I'm your host, Cole Wilcox, joined by our producer, Griffin Rudy. Uh, Jake is on a hiatus. Uh, sorry for the late night start. Got a lot going on, but we're here. Uh, me and Griff are fresh off a bachelor party. That went really well. Uh, a lot of things happened. Uh, we, we cleaned out the casino. The dogs win. And that team up in Knoxville lost. And, man, it was glorious. We got a lot to talk about. Let's get into it. And down, he's running all over people. Oh, you heard the walking. We just stepped on their face with a hobnailed boot and broke their nose. We just crushed their face. Defense, 40, 30, they won't catch him. Go, Swift, into the end zone. Touchdown. The freshman just ran it back to Philadelphia. Throws near sideline, and it's intercepted. Intercepted, Keely Ringo at the 21. Off he goes, 40, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, near sideline. Breaks the tackle, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, 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 Georgia. I know I'm asking a lot, you guys, but hunker it down one more time. Dang, I was muted. All right. All right, appreciate coming out. Griff, what's happening? Hey, nothing, man. I got a grind this week, a grind. It's Thanksgiving break, but not for me. I got like 12 projects to do. Been grinding too. I've been grinding too. I mean, I, I ain't stopped in a while, but but here we are. Um, and man, what a good weekend, Griff. We had, oh, a, we had a solid weekend, huh? It was it was the best weekend. I couldn't win a bet to save my life, but it was a good weekend. Yeah, there's there's always a guy in the group who who turns into the fade guy on a group trip. Um, unfortunately, that was Griffin this week. We were in Indianapolis for my bachelor party. Had about fifteen guys there, and and Griff was the fade god. Unfortunately, he, he had a tough week. He wore it. He, he's, you know, he's a guy that, that can roll with the punches. And, and unfortunately, this week, he was the guy that got hit. Yeah, I got hit a lot, son. I got hit a lot, even even at the casino, even on the blackjack table. I mean, as soon as I sit down, they roll the freaking closer out. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got to watch when that closer comes in, man. And, uh, yeah, there was, there was a stretch of blackjack where, where we sat down. It was me and a couple – about four other guys, and I—I I don't know if we lost for an hour. It was unbelievable. It was the most—it was the most electric blackjack table I've ever been at, and we just cleaned house. So, shout out to the Indiana Casino. I own a piece. I own, I own a stake in your franchise. The horseshoe um, was that? Yeah, what it was something called? like the horseshoe. Yeah, they had live horses. I'll stick with that a bit if the horses were running. It would have been awesome. That would have been awesome. We did bet on a horse race. Me and uh, Tuck and. Uh... Snell did. Yeah. Yeah. The horse, she I mean, won the horse, too. The are electric. Uh, she I've won too. Barista. They're, they're incredible. Uh, yeah. I don't, I mean, listen, Georgia needs to get with the times. There needs to be casinos in Georgia. There needs to be sports betting legal. Like, come on. That's just it extra needs- income. I don't, I don't really know what the downside there is. But let's talk about the dogs, Griff. Let's talk about the dogs. Good week for them. Uh, a lot of people upset about the game. Yeah. I get listen, it. Uh, like at, at this point, guys. Style points are, are just not existent for us. We don't need them. We don't have to have them. Just win the game. Uh, like if, if we win our next four games, super ugly, we're the national champions. So there's there's no reason we don't have to do what what some other teams are trying to do right now and try to put it on a good face for the committee. We are the standard right now. We we will be the number one spot until someone knocks us off. And I don't see that happening for a little bit. I don't I don't see it happening this year for sure, for sure. For sure. Yeah. 
Gareth, I mean, that's that's every year for you, though. I mean, that's it's, fact, but I mean, that's just who I am, man. You know? It's very hard to talk about or talk uh, about football with Griff sometimes because it's just, I mean, he he can't even put together like a non-biased thought. <laughs> he can't even begin to think about putting together a non-biased thought. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know, that's just who I am. That's how my mind's wired. I forget what question I asked the other day, and I already knew the answer. And you were the <laughs> first one, and you were—I think I said I, I was breaking out of that hypothetical. Um, if we blow out LSU in, in Atlanta, and Clemson and Florida State just keeps winning, they blow out Florida this week. Who has the better win, Tennessee at LSU or Clemson at Florida State? And Griffin instantly, without even hesitation, Clemson for sure, Clemson. <laughs> And I was just like, I, I knew it was just the most typical comment of all time. I mean, when you, I don't know. I mean, when you break it down, I mean, they're both three lost teams. I don't know. Florida State has some bad losses, though. Or not like as what? good, lo- not as good losses as Tennessee, I guess. I mean, Tennessee's, Florida State does not have as bad of a loss as Tennessee had, but the, but that's regardless of, of yeah, what. Not that's, a singular Florida loss. State and Tennessee aren't comparable. No, in that scenario where you're comparing Florida State and LSU, but you just you you have to wrap everything back to Tennessee. Yeah, I do. I hate you, them. You have quite the obsession obsession with them. No, I don't. I just I just really like to see them lose. Really like to see them lose. I do. And, and everyday Tennessee fans are in our mentions. Y'all are obsessed with Tennessee. Blah blah. I 100 am, and I I'm absolutely. I will not shy away from that. There might, there's, if I listen to my favorite things in college football, number one would be seeing the dogs win. Number two is seeing Tennessee lose. And there's not as much gap. There's not as much gap as I'd like to admit. Like there's not (laughs) between one and two. It's right. It's neck and neck. I I get, I get excited for the Georgia games and I get excited for Tennessee games because I pull as hard as I can for Georgia. And then I pull as hard as I can against Tennessee, regardless of who they're playing. (laughs) That's just how it is. That's how my Saturdays go. And that's, I love it. I love every second of it, but yeah, college football would not be as fun for me without Tennessee losing. So it's awesome right now because they lose every year, every single year. Griff, I don't know if you saw what I tweeted earlier, but they are now excited about some bulletin board material. They got for Vanderbilt this week. Oh, I did see that tweet. I did. In fact, I did. Like, what a fall. You talk about, like, <laughs> less than 72 hours ago, these people were, like, booking their spot in the national championship, and now they've just completely, like, had to shift their minds in a period of three days. Oh, we get back on track against Vanderbilt, build momentum for next season, blah, blah, blah. There is no next season for y'all. Like, this was y'all season. You cooked it. You, cooked it. you blew it. Like, that's it's as simple as that. And I, and I said it on Twitter before, before, like, you can you can talk about your defense, you can talk about your defensive coordinator, you can talk about the play call, whatever you want to talk about. It's never going to be elite. It is never going to be an elite defense with the way y'all play football, with the style of offense that you guys play. And it's great, and y'all love it when you're scoring points and dropping 60 on Missouri. But all of a sudden, when you get a slugfest and you turn real one-dimensional and your defense can't – I mean, they can't stop anything, nothing. nothing. Swiss they they could have put 15 people on the field and Rattler to still tore them up. And that's what happens when they're on the field for 42 minutes a game, every single game. And then by November, they're gassed. They're dog I mean, tired. They don't I mean, like you it. see them out there missing tackles on every play. They're freaking tired. I mean, they're on the field. We got some Spanish in the chat. Yeah, we got to put this up. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can translate. 
Uh, I know <laughs> Akeem. Uh, oh, you don't think I can? <laughs> no. Um, well, Akeem means here. Tarde's obviously late. Um, I think that means soy. I think that's what he meant to put instead of S-O-U. So that's I am Primario. Obviously, Brasilio. I would say it has something to do with Brazil. I don't I know. I am the first Brazilian here, or am I late? Uh, Zachary says Portuguese. Uh, <laughs> you are definitely the first Brazilian here. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> hey, was that first? Was the first letter supposed to be S O Y or no? Was I wrong? Maybe Portuguese is different. Surely That's it not... was. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I have am no I idea. Am I the first Primera Brazilian here or am I late? I mean, yeah, Griff. I mean, I literally got the basis of that and you were no, no, no chance. I literally, I, I spent <laughs> nine months of the year in a locker room where it's 60% Spanish. Yeah. You I do. know quite that a bit. That is true. That is true. I know quite a bit. More than you think. Yeah, there's one dollar. Let's freaking go. <laughs> I took, I took two Spanish classes in college. One of my professors was Portuguese. Yeah. Yeah. She was a nice lady. I liked her a lot. Good for you. Um. All right, Georgia. You got some numbers for us? Oh yeah. Hey. Let's hear it. All right. Well, I'm not going to talk about Seth a minute yet. Uh, let's talk about the good stuff. Kenny Mack, 19 carries. 143 yards, averaging seven and a half yards a carry, and a tutty. I mean, dude, he he played he played tremendous on Saturday. Kenny Mack yeah. was goaded. Yeah, he was. Kenny Mack was awesome. He he's he's been our guy this year, really and truly. And there's been times where I wish he was on the field more, but he's when, like I said, at the beginning of the year, when the ball is in Kenny Mack's hands, good things tend to happen. He can do it all. He's very versatile. He, he's going to be, he's going to be a fantasy monster here in a couple of years. Some team's going to take him. They're going to feed him out of the backfield. He's going to be a James White esque. Like he, he is just like prototypical NFL back in terms of what he can do with the receiving game. Um, he's getting better running between the tackles. I said that from the beginning of the year. Like every, yeah. it seems like he improves a lot. His vision's improved. He's, he, it seems like he runs tougher through there. So. Yeah, he, he deserved to get the majority of the carries in a game like this where we really needed him to rely on him. And in a game where the offensive line, I didn't think, played that all that well in terms of yeah. how they've been doing, which, you know, we kind of shifted the offensive game plan, it seemed like, to really run in the ball because it was it was freezing cold and there was high winds. And it was just like, all right, <clears throat> Kentucky's not going to score on us. So we just need to put some points on the board, get out of here with a win. And that's what we did. And we caught on Kenny, and he, he delivered in a big way. Yeah, he did for sure. And I, I will say, Kendall only had uh, six carries in this game. But, dude, the carries that he got, he took advantage of them. There was one when he kind of had that burst of speed that he had last week again, and it was just it just looked really good. And if he keeps playing like that, he's going to earn a lot a, a lot more carries getting healthier, clearly. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, what else? What else we got? Hit us with some more numbers. Well, let's talk about Seth then. Uh, 13 for 19, 116 yards. 6.1 yards per pass, I guess is what that is, an INT. I mean, yeah. you know, we talk about how the game plan changed. It obviously was very different than from what we've been doing all year or, like, typically. And so, I mean, these stat numbers, you can't really – It's when you look at the box score, if you're just, you know, a casual, you're like, oh, man, he played terrible. And, I mean, he didn't play great, but, you know, it was just a product of the way the game was played at that time too. Yeah, no doubt. I don't really talk much up to that. Uh, obviously, you can rip up your Heisman ticket now, probably. Yeah, I, I probably. That's pretty deceased. 
Yeah. I would say C's Griff. Um, it sucks. It sucks. Sucks really bad. If you're re-ranking the quarterbacks, and if you weren't here preseason, we rank the quarterbacks and Griffin puts that number one preseason. And, and if you recall back to that, like some might say it's still ridiculous, but the preseason going in that was quite the leap and, and got some backlash. Griff, if you had to re-rank the quarterbacks right now, what would you still have stat at number one? Are you kidding me? Of course. He's leading the best team in the country right now. And when he has to turn it on, he does. But, at, like, we just don't have to run the score up on teams. The, the, team, the guys that they hold so high, C.J. Stroud and freaking Hendon Hooker, who just have, you know, pad their stats at the ends of games, you know, Stead doesn't have to do that because he's just that dog. All right? Yeah. And, I mean, you got Caleb Williams. He's in a battle every week. No wonder he has good stats. I'm not gonna sit here and act like Caleb Williams isn't good. He's freaking. No, like Caleb nasty. Williams is a beast. I, I, I think actually, Caleb Williams might be the best quarterback. No, in yeah, about. I actually, I actually really like Caleb, Caleb Williams. But yeah, he's he's a monster. He makes throws that are that are, are Sunday ready right now at a pretty consistent level. He's really good. And and USC man, like I, I didn't think they'd keep surviving these games, but they got a big one this weekend. Obviously, against Notre Dame. And I think if they if they win that one, they're gonna be Oregon on neutral field. I really believe that. Yeah, I think they might not play tough. Oregon. Like Oregon State, my, I, what's the line on the Oregon State Oregon game? Do we know? I have no idea. I can look it up though. I'll Let me look. check on that. But yeah, I I really like Caleb Williams. He's he's pretty nasty. Yeah, he he's fun to watch for sure. Uh, C.J. Stroud, I can't say the same about. <laughs> Is that bias we were talking about pre pre uh pre show? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like nothing Griffin said was wrong. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like, like Stet is Kirby will call off the dogs when we're up, and and that's probably how it should be. Honestly, like here's what people don't understand: is coaches around the league, if you polled them, if you polled Josh Heupel, which I don't know about him actually, that's probably not a good example. But the way Georgia beats Tennessee and, and the way they beat Kentucky this weekend, where it's like, okay. We know what we need to do to win. Let's just do that and get a win. If you polled coaches and asked if they'd rather like win like Georgia won against Tennessee or be in shootouts every week, I promise you they'd rather control the game. Like that, that is what coaches want to do. They want to be able to dominate the games in all facets. And like the win we had against Tennessee, where we just absolutely dominated the first quarter, dominated the second quarter. And then it's like, okay, well, they proved they're not going to score on us. Let's not give them the ball in plus territory. Let's just run the ball, let's just move it around, let's punt it away, and let's control the game and win it. And we had a nine-minute drive, controlled the game, got out of there like that. That is proof of a dominant football team. I have not seen that from Ohio State. I have not seen that from Michigan. I definitely haven't seen it from TCU. It's not even close with USC. And <laughs> Tennessee, I mean, wow. But, do we even get to include them in there anymore? I mean, they're they're ranked number 10 now. Like, do they Do they even get mentioned anymore? At this point. No, no, they're toast. They're toast, and they're not going to be in the. They're not going to be in the Sugar Bowl. They're not going to be in the Orange Bowl. So, you blew it. Plain and simple, they blew it. They absolutely <laughs> you just blew, blew it. it. Uh, but or, Oregon is minus three versus Oregon State. By the way, yeah, I, I will be slammer fisting Oregon State. <laughs> slammer fisting them. That is that's a free win, guys. Just You're talking about another team who blew it. Oregon, they blew it as well. They did blow it, and they always do though. See, I hate that. Like, I know it gets passed down and it's all about the jersey you're wearing, but that's just 
you get that label and it's tough to shake, but it's a completely different coaching staff. It's a completely different <laughs> roster. Like it's, they just lost. Yeah. Like, it ain't like they blew it. Washington's pretty good. Yeah. Washington's no, a dangerous are. offense. They that was a hard fought football game. Yeah. yeah they just hard. lost the game. And, and, yeah. you know, sometimes you lose. Like, like everybody's like, you see UCLA choked before they played USC. Arizona kind of just whipped them. I mean, I thought you, I thought, I didn't think UCLA played terrible, but Arizona's quarterback kind of just torched them a little bit. Yeah. We got way, we got way off topic here. All oh, right. Back do. to the dogs. Back to the dogs. I don't even know how on earth we got there. Yeah. But know. one thing that, that was a, of concern has been, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because it's been talked about at length amongst the Twitters. Um, our short yardage is, is hit or miss. Yeah. And, you know, we love the death march here. We've coined the death march term and, and it's like a staple of the show and it's growing on Twitter, which is awesome. <laughs> I see people talk about the death march all the time, and that's sick. But in order to have a death march, we got to move some people when they know we're going to run the ball. And the fact that we got stopped on fourth and goal against Kentucky is a little bit concerning to me. Yep that one that one hurt me pretty bad too because yeah. I needed the cover. And Griffin was I, quite upset at that point in time, I and he feel... was he was seeing a lot in the uh, old, I guess that would be the debit section of the account. <laughs> Yeah. So. Yeah, I didn't. Was, I that that one hurt my feelings, and also just not getting in the end zone on that first drive. That one hurt my feelings too. We uh, needed that one for for the <laughs> part Lizzle. No, I needed that. I had six and a half first quarter, but it, that would have helped that one hit too, I guess. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough, but like I said, yeah, it's. What do you What do you make of it? Anything or or what? I mean. It's definitely concerning just because – but I, Kentucky does have a good defense. I mean, any way you shape it up. I mean, they, they, they do play well defensively always and have all year. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like when it comes down to it, when we really need to move guys, we do. And so, I mean, we're up 16 and nothing in that game. Like, it, it's not like a – Live or die situation. I feel like in those situations we always. I don't, get that I don't know, Griff. Like that, they're always trying to score. Like it ain't like it's like oh yeah we're at sixteen nothing we don't have to score right here. Like they are they are calling a play to yeah. score. Yeah. So like I, don't, I what what constitutes a life or death situation? I don't know. Like when it's fourth and one and you're down. It was fourth and goal. No, but like when when it's that, but you're in the situation but, where but you're that, like no 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 you can't. You can't just flip a switch. Like, that's not – people think that's how it works. It's not how it works. Like, if you're not getting that in these type of games, if you're not consistently winning up front, you can't just flip a switch against good teams and do it. Like, that doesn't happen. People can't do that. And, like, that's why – I know people try to reason with it all the time, but that's just not how it works. If you are if you are an elite team, and if you want to be elite for a long time, you have to do the little things right all the time. And, and 99% of the time we do. But this team this year has shown lapses a lot, a lot. And, but like you said, the big games, they've got up and absolutely dominated, and that's great. But you need to have that switch flipped all the time or it's going to come bite you. And we're just so much more talented than Kentucky. It doesn't matter. We're so much more talented than Georgia Tech. It doesn't matter. But there's a game like LSU where we, sh- we should be able to just walk out there and roll over them. But if we if we're not doing the little things right, they could they are absolutely talented enough to stay with us and hang around and beat us. Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, they're they're going to cause problems for our offensive line too. Like those, that's a game yeah. where your offensive linemen are going to have to be dialed in. 
And I know, and I'm talking about a micro situation on fourth and goal, but that that's kind of the, I would say the biggest concern for me to this point. Like where the offensive line when it's clicking is one of our best units. Yeah. But they have been the most roller coaster position group of any of them by far this year. No doubt. Like there's I so mean, many games where they it seems like they've gotten whooped, especially up the middle. And it's like, okay, I, I understand I've seen them play really well against good defensive lines. And that that is that makes me feel good. But at the same time, I, I've seen them play pretty porously. So like what where what do we think of the offensive line at this point? I mean, I think they're really good. I mean, they're obviously yeah, really I mean, talented. Shocker. Yeah, <laughs> but they're obviously really talented. But I mean, I don't even know what you chalk it up to, to be honest. Like, I really, I really don't. Like, I mean, when you look at a game like Mizzou where they play terrible for a whole half and then just turn it on like that didn't even happen. Like, yeah, I don't even know how you how you analyze that. I'm not sitting here saying it's a weakness of the team, but it's I just I just don't like the up and downs. Like, and I know they're human beings, and I'm an athlete myself. Like, I know you you have days where you're not your best, but like it's it's kind of just been like a really it's like a flip a coin and see what the offensive line is really going to be like this game. But there's some interesting questions in, in the chat. So, um, Austin Jones says Robinson needs the majority of touches in the short yardage situations, and that's another point to bring up. So some of the short yardage issues, and then we go through a month phase where we have no issue at all getting the short yardage. Like we just plow it right in. But maybe is it just like a lack of like a truly elite running back between the tackles? Could that factor I, into it or not? I don't. I don't think that's the issue. I think our running backs are good enough. I think it's pretty much interchangeable back there when it comes to short yards. I think it's just like. When you watch the play and you're like, they just run into a wall. Like, I mean, what are they supposed to do? Yeah. Like, if there's no push, they have nowhere to go. Like, so I, I agree. No, I agree with you. I, I think I don't think the running backs are an issue at all. Honestly, uh, I think I think we got plenty of good enough running backs to get to get one yard, and and for the most part, they do. Like we're talking about just a few situations here, like specifically, but offensive line pass blocking has been absolutely elite the entire of Out of entire year it's been incredible yeah and then at the beginning of the year there were some times where the offensive line didn't look great in the run game but then after the missouri fourth quarter it kind of flipped and we're like oh we're back we're all the way back and then just last game against mississippi state and then against kentucky it's like we're kind of back to that in between where it doesn't feel like we're getting much of a push and then there's some good runs and there's some runs that get stuffed so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Kentucky, we did we did run the ball for 247 yards against. Yeah, Kentucky. we did. I mean, so, how many I mean, uh, I mean, we averaged over five yards a carry total. So I mean, like, couldn't be that bad. It, yeah, our offense wasn't on the field a whole lot in this game. I mean, Kentucky was on the field for a while. Like, especially in that first half, I just felt like we could not get our offense back on the field. Well, that's one thing that, that Mark Soups lost me on last year. Like I, I've always respected Mark Soups as a guy who's who's turned Kentucky around, and, and if you can win there, you can win anywhere. I was a big advocate that Nebraska should have went after him, and I still think he's a very good coach. But I lost a lot of respect for him last year um, when we were playing him in Sanford, and we're up. I think it was twenty-seven to nothing, maybe. No, nah, it was something like that. And he he decided to call up a nine-minute drive in the fourth quarter just to try to get some points calling timeouts inside 45 seconds. Like, he just punted the game. Like, he was not playing to win at all. Like, it was just – he was playing for a straight newspaper score, which is completely lame in my opinion. And then that – and I'm not I'm not saying he had bad game plan this, this game because they held the ball, they drove it, they were trying to keep it out of our hands, which is what you have to do. 
So I just had to get off, get off my chest that last year was the softest thing that I've ever seen in my entire life. I guess <laughs> that's, that's the only point being made here. Yeah. That, I mean, it was, it was awful. Yeah. And then there's one more. Um, I think it was Thomas right here. Is this the one you're talking about? Um, I don't know. I think it's just kind of a statement. Like, you got to get one yard right up the middle. Like, I don't care who – like, if you're yeah. a really elite team with as much talent as we have up front and as good a running backs as we have, you should be able to get a yard going up the middle. And I think it's one of those things where Kirby's like, you're in a good situation where it's still a pretty close game. It's a tough team, a really tough team. Kentucky has a good defense. Like, I'm, not, I'm taking nothing away from him here, from them here. But at the same time, it, it, when you're not getting those – Kirby Smart sitting over there saying, we got to be tough enough to get a freaking touchdown right here, and we're going to run four plays up the middle, and one of y'all better get a push. And it just didn't happen. And that's I think that's what concerns me the most. Yeah, no, it definitely sucked to watch us freaking just get pushed back at, at the goal line four times. Like, like that, you, talk about, you talk about flipping a switch, Griff. When it's fourth and goal, the offensive linemen are standing there. Like, that is embarrassing for them as a unit to get stopped on the goal on four straight times. And so – if you're gonna flip that switch, when you see fourth and goal, that's a good time to flip the switch. Yeah, and I also, I mean, do we still have like a jumbo package like we have? With, I know we don't have Jordan Jaylen Davis. Carter was in. He wasn't in on that play. Yes. Uh, yes. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't even know what you do. Like, I mean, you just got to push. You just got to win the battle. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement there. I, even if you lose, even if you don't get a push, you should get a yard. Yeah. Like that's that's how I see it. But just fall forward. I understand. I understand that, that some people can plug the gaps, but but even last year, like our, our the best defense of all time, like people could get a yard on us. They really, really needed it. Like that happened multiple times. But that's just how it is. It, it's hard to stop a guy from getting one yard, and especially four straight times. That's <laughs> yeah. Borderline impossible. Especially <laughs> it, it should be impossible for the guys that we have up front. That's why it's so electric when it happens for teams. Like yeah. whenever you get a goal exactly. line stand, it's exactly. electric. We're too good a team to be stopping and, the goal line, is what I'm saying. And it really did hurt that. That hurt the morale of our offense from that point. I mean, we didn't do anything offensively after that for the entirety. Well, of the Kentucky game. went down the, right down the field and scored after that too. Yeah, I know. So I mean, when you look at it that way too, it's just it's such a momentum killer. Yes, like it, yes, it yes. destroys Big you. Big shift. Big time shift. But speaking of the defense, let's talk about them because they we should have started off the show with them. These guys have reached at a level that I did not think they'd get to this year. Uh, they're giving up like something like 11 points per game. It's first in the country again. Like to replace that many guys on defense, and we've said it before, but it, but it, it's worth mentioning it again. Like it's it's quite impressive what's being done on that side of the ball. It's so impressive. I mean, and just it's it's so it's kind of it feels different a little bit from what it was last year. Like in a well, way, it's because, always going to feel different than that. Like that was I, that's once yeah, in a lifetime. But, well, I'm just saying, just from like a, I don't know, the standpoint of the guys who we think are really, really good. Ver, like, I mean, all our guys are really, really good. But like, up front last year was just, I mean, your front set, your front seven was that was the heart of it, you know. And this year, it feels like the heart is in like our defensive backs, you know, the backside of the defense. And you got Malachi Starks, who we love, Chris Smith, who is the veteran on, on that side of the ball. And then you got uh, Kamari Laster who's come into his own this year on the outside and Kelly Ringo. I mean, you know, and people have had a lot to say about Kelly Ringo, but. I'll tell you what. And, and so the Jay Brooks in the comments says it's been a long time since we had a secondary like this. 
there's never been a time where we had a secondary like this. Nope. This is the best secondary Georgia's ever had. That and I coming into the year, like I was worried that the fans were going to turn on whoever started opposite Keely Ringo because people were going to target him. Like you have Keely on one side, you got a new guy starting this year. Like why throw it at Keely? You know, just just pester this new guy until he proves he can he can stop. Well, that that went on for about a week and a half. And Kamari Lasseter was just like, okay, well, we can't throw on this dude. Like he he's next up at Georgia. Like he is next up as as what's the corner award? Uh, I don't that know. Oh, and, yeah. Um all of them. But that's he is it nah, Chris Smith's up for that this year. Yeah. He's like, a finalist for it. Like Kamari Lasseter's next. finalist. I, I think he's the absolute one of the best corners in the country. He's physical, man. Like he he loves to hit. And he's been so impressive because, like, he he knew coming in the year he was going to get picked on. He took that challenge to heart, and he's like, nah. Like, like you better go back to the other side a few times because if you keep coming to me, bad stuff's going to happen. And he has been absolutely nails. And that's exactly what this defense has been missing is two. Well, we, when we had Tyson and Stokes, that was pretty freaking impressive too. Um, but there wasn't – there wasn't you also, then you could just move to the slot. Well, in the slot, there's Javon Bullard locking people up. There's Malachi Starks on the other side locking people up. Like – there's nowhere to go. There's no mismatches, and, and it's 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 fun to watch the back end. It's really really fun to watch. It's just clamps everywhere. And you know, one of the biggest surprises for me, honestly, on this defense, looking back right now, like, you know, we we thought the defensive back, like, are we we were going to be good in the secondary? Like, we really did. Like, we, you know, but the way that JDJ has played all year long, been he, awesome, man. Been awesome. That has been the most pleasant surprise of the year for me on defense. I mean, he is awesome out there. Just so good. Yes. Yeah. No, he, he's very Nicobe like, like he's just in his nose in every single play. And it feels like, it feels like we've had a linebacker like that forever now. Like I, I just think as long as Kirby smart said, we're going to have good linebackers. It was at Bama. Uh, they had all those guys. They had the fosters. They had all those dudes. Like he's just, I don't know what it is. I don't know if, if they just find really, really smart players and put them in that system and let them work, but they he just has a nose for the ball. It's special. I don't know how much you can teach of that. He's he's physical. He, he's clearly the leader of the defense right now, and, and he's been awesome. He's been yeah, awesome. And, no, if he doesn't win the Buckus, it would be a shame. It would Agreed. be robbery. Agreed. Agreed. Kid from Iowa is really good, too. He's really, really good. Yeah. But, but JDJ is the best player on the best defense right now. Like, well, he's not the best player on the best defense, but he's he's up. He's one of the leaders because you're right, Griff. You're talking about the heart of the defense, say in the secondary. The heart of the defense is about 6'5, 315 pounds, and he wears number 88. Yeah, no. Yeah, you're right. He's incredible. He's, he's too good. He's as good. He's as good of a player that has ever wore a Georgia uniform. He, yeah. he is un, he's actually unstoppable. We put that term on people a lot, and it's not true. There's only a handful of people in the league right now that's truly unstoppable. Jalen Carter is truly unstoppable. There's nothing like, you can do. There's you nothing know, you can do. We we were really, really young whenever David Pollock was playing football for Georgia. So I don't really remember any of it. But the way people talk about him, that's kind of the way I imagine I talk about Jalen Carter. Like the way they talked about David Pollock was he just, I mean, was unbelievable. He just wrecked everything. That's what yes, and 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 David Paul would be the first person to tell you that it's not comparable to Jalen Carter. Yeah, in, ter- in terms of size and speed and stuff, like 
Yeah. A different level. Different yeah, level. For like, sure. Pollock was beating people. He was strong and he was fast, but that motor, that motor never stopped. Jalen Carter can take a playoff and still win a rep. Like that's how good this dude is. And, and so Thomas good. says, Y'all think Carter goes number one and we make history. Yeah, like it depends. It completely depends on who picks. Like if it's yeah. a quarterback needy team, they're gonna take a quarterback. The quarterbacks are pretty solid in this draft class last year. They were just not good at all, so you couldn't really take one. This this year, there's some people worthy of that number one pick. But if it's a team that doesn't need a quarterback, like it, like if the Texans decide they want to roll with Mills or something, yeah, I, I think – I really, really do. I think he's the best player in college football. And coming into the year, people were saying that, some people and mostly Georgia fans. And even I thought, dude, like did y'all watch Will Anderson last year? The dude's yeah. a freak. And I still think he is it's 1A and 1B, whoever you want to put out. I'm not going to argue with you. But yeah, if I'm an NFL team, I'm taking Jalen Carter. He's like the Florida game. I keep talking about the Florida game because it was hilarious. It was hilarious. <laughs> he would come on the field for third down and just win. Only the play. third down and he'd be <laughs> in the backfield every time. It was awesome. Like it was like, okay, well, we're going to beat Tennessee. Like that's all I was worried about. Like, is Jalen Carter going to be back? If he was back, it, there was no doubt in my mind. I was laying the points, whatever it was, because he was going to push whoever was in front of him right back into the quarterback. And that's yeah. exactly what he did. That's exactly what he did. <laughs> He's special. He is a special, special talent. We're going to miss him tremendously. Like people said it last year, he was the best player on the defense. And I, I thought to myself, yeah, maybe, you know, we'll see. They, they're right. He is. He was, he was, and he is. He's unbelievable. Shout out to Jalen Carter. You're the man. But any more points you had from this game? Any more takeaways? Uh, I mean, like we've hit everything. Yeah, I feel like we have too. Um, Receivers didn't get to do a whole lot. I mean, they didn't. Yeah, I mean, it, that wasn't their fault. I mean, no. Nah. Uh, Don Blake made a got a nice catch. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, for sure. it was a longer one. I don't remember the exact yardage on it. It was like it's always good to see Dom game. catch catch yeah. a ball for yeah. sure. But you know, like I said, I, I'm just impressed with the team how they're able to win. They can win however you want them to win. That's why I think they're the best team in the country. That's why I thought they're the best team in the country coming into the year. People talked about Bama. People talked about Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State's flashy. They're great. But could they win a game like that in Kentucky? I don't think so. I don't think they can against a team like that. Bama, they had their problems. They had their problems on the O line. They have their problems at other places. Like I didn't see a glaring weakness on this Georgia team. There's flaws. Every team has flaws. There's no such thing as a flawless team. But they can beat you in any way, shape, or form. If you if you wonder, well, can they win this way? Just look let's look across our schedule. We've done it at some point. We've won in so many different ways this year. Kirby Smart is that's how he's improved so much as a coach. That's the biggest improvement he's made is being able to win like that. Against Tennessee, when we get the ball, boom, explosive play. We get the ball, explosive play. Like used to, he wasn't doing that. Like he was trying to grind out drives, keep the ball away from them. We weren't scared of them. Mm -hmm. We were not scared to put our defense back on the field. And I feel like we got into a little bit with Bama in the SC championship. And then Natty, he was like, nah, screw that. Like we're going for their throat. Like yeah. that's what he does now. He he is not scared to attack the team in the way that he thinks is best fit for us to win. And it it shows like we we can be anyone in any way. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you you gotta be that that is a trait you have that it sucks to win games ugly, but you have to be able to do it. Have to. Yeah, when you get punched in the mouth and you're still neck and neck, like you can't let like even if it I mean if it's Missouri out there and you're neck and neck with them, you're like you can't get down on it. You gotta be like, all right, we gotta we gotta prove that we're the better team. I mean, yeah, you can't walk away from that with a loss. I mean, yeah. 
Unless you're Tennessee, Missouri, yeah. Missouri was like, okay, we're kind of getting hit in the mouth, and then we got to respond. All the other games, we've been in complete control the entire time, and it's. But what? what, It's back to my point. Like they're all so different. They're all so different. Against Florida, we sold out to stop their run. We could do anything offensively against them, and it was just like, all right, go, 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 score. We'll stop them. Uh, Against Kentucky, it was like they're not going to drive the length of the field on us consistently. Just don't make mistakes. Just just we'll score. We need to score. We'll score enough points to win the game and we'll just play good, clean football, punt the ball away and make them drive the length of the field on the number one defense in the country. And we knew they couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's been a fun season for sure. Like not every game has been just freaking electric to watch. Cause I mean, you had the highs of like Oregon and Tennessee or the, that Oregon Tennessee game are two of the my favorite games I've ever been to, ever watched as a Georgia fan. They, they, they were, were so freaking awesome. Yep. And, you know, it's hard to – when you have that to compare, especially when you start off with Oregon, after that, it's hard to compare every game to that. I mean, when yeah. you come the next week. But what is exciting is knowing that's in the bag and, and we're going to pull it out when we need it. When we feel like that's necessary, we'll do it. And we're going to have some games coming up where that is necessary. Like, you can't just walk out and punt the ball back to LSU and punt the ball back to Ohio State and Michigan and, and win the game. Like, you're yeah. going to have to go apply the pressure. And they know that, and we can easily do that. We've, we've proven we can do that when we need to. So, I'm excited for the games coming up. This is when the season starts for us. Like, well, I mean, like we saw everything that. else is icing on the cake at this point. We, we, we saw that last year. I mean, whenever we played Michigan in that semifinal game, I it, there was stuff happening that I didn't know we could do. I Kenny Mack threw a touchdown. I mean, when yeah. we pulled that one out of the bag, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, Monk, Monken's bag is just being released a little at a little bit at a time. That's what's so exciting about having having such a modern play caller like him. And listen, the regular season at this point in our fandom as Georgia fans, it's just, uh, okay, let's see what team we have for the playoff. Like, that's it. And, and it kind of – it doesn't suck at all. Like, it, it does no. not suck at all. It takes a lot of excitement out of the regular season because it's like, you're excited. My excitement right now comes from other people, like Tennessee, seeing Tennessee lose, because that's just awesome. And there was some games mixed in that was very exciting. But it's just kind of like, all right, let's see what we got. Like, let's just win these games, win them, and, and let's get to the big dance. And that's awesome. We're, we're in such an unbelievable spot. And it's finally coming up. We have one more tune-up game against the absolute scrubs of Georgia Tech. The nerds. And then the, and then the real season starts. As Georgia, we're coming in, or a top-three team preseason. Um, we, we don't rebuild, unlike the team in Tuscaloosa. And we, <laughs> we expect to be back. And we will be back this year, regardless of what happens anytime. And let's go. Like, it's time to lock in, time to go. And I'm super excited for it. But Yeah, I can't wait. want to thank everybody for coming out. Again, sorry for the late night. But, listen, you guys are grinders. Just wait, like b- before we go, before we go, let's dance on Tennessee's grave for a second. Just for a minute. I mean, empty the tank, Griff. Go ahead. You know, we've we've called Spencer Rattler many things on this podcast. Jake many specifically. Things. Jake specifically. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. I mean, all timer. Yeah, that's all timer. And what he did to Tennessee on Saturday, it should be illegal. Uh, he he absolutely dropped his balls in their mouth for four quarters. For four quarters, Shane Beamer didn't call off the dogs. He as, did as not. He as he should. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, last week, Tennessee called a timeout with what, two minutes left on Missouri to score another touchdown? Yeah. 
Yeah. Shane Beamer scored another touchdown with two minutes left. He sure did. Hey, I bet I bet that just felt so good for Shane Beamer. Well, he they, got like these guys aren't robots to start. These guys are not robots. They saw Tennessee make fun of that meme of him, you know, giving the fist pump when they're down like 30 to Tennessee last year, all offseason, all year this year. They just didn't let it go. I don't know what their problem is with Shane Beamer. They always like to act like South Carolina some outlier. Clearly, they they look at them as a rivalry because they talked about it all year long. Yeah. So for him, yeah, you knew he had, had that in the back of his mind and he was ready to torture him. Like that was awesome. Um, and that's, that's a program changing win for South Carolina. When you have a chance to embarrass a top five team, do it. Like, don't let up, freaking do it. And there was recruits there to see that. Like, South Carolina was rocking. That was awesome. I Like, I don't want to just sit here and just absolutely beat my chest, but I did say that would be the biggest game of the SEC East this year <laughs> um, because I knew we'd win all of ours. So that was going to be for, like, which program on the rise, on the rise was going to take that next step. Well, I mean <laughs> – like South Carolina, like next year, who's going to be the better team? I mean, South Carolina, I think. I mean, I, I don't know about. I don't. I. I mean, it's hard to say that Joe Milton is going to lead Tennessee to a bunch of wins next year. That's hard for me to say from what I've seen from him. Hey, that's what I'm saying. Like, who's going to be the better? It's a toss up. And when the team just beat the other team by thirty, it's like, oh well, you know, maybe, maybe South Carolina is going to be second in the East next year. But like, regardless, it was it was just. The best part of the whole day was the fact that Tennessee watched those noon games and were just on their high horse giddy because this is how <laughs> just unrealistic they are. Oh, TCU is not a playoff team. They suck. Look at this. Michigan's not a playoff team, blah, blah, blah. That's what happens when you don't win the games in, on your schedule. You have to start talking about other teams and worrying, you know, thinking maybe your tweet of you trashing TCU is going to resonate to the committee somehow. It, th- number one, let me tell you, it doesn't. Number two, just win your freaking games. So you spent all day dancing on these teams who won their games. TCU won their game against Baylor, a tough game on the road. You went to South Carolina, a team that Baylor would probably mollywop, and got beat by 30. So that's that was an all-time look from them, just embarrassing stuff. Like, that is an embarrassing, embarrassing loss. That's the best part of it. Like yeah. We lost to South Carolina in 19. It was an embarrassing loss, but it was like, okay, we're going to beat everybody else, you know. Like, we're still going to be whatever. We didn't end up losing – no, we don't. We went to SC Championship that year. Like it, yeah, we it lost. Like whatever. It was just like a kick to nuts. That ruined their season completely. Yeah. They, all, they they had to beat Vanderbilt, South Carolina, and Missouri to probably go to the playoffs at this point. And they they couldn't, they couldn't do, do it. it. They couldn't do it. It's, it's embarrassing. It's, it's awesome. They should be they should be ashamed to show their face after all the stuff that they said. I commented to a ton of people on Twitter because I just couldn't hear. It. I'll call them out. Um, Zach Reagan. Some Tennessee writer, just the most arrogant dude on Twitter, possibly. He he deserves to eat crow. Um, the Houston or what's his name? What did I tell you his name was it? Rucker, Wes Rucker. Yo, he, yeah, he claimed, yeah. claims he's not a Tennessee fan. He's a beat writer for Tennessee 247. The dude's an absolute clown. Um, he deserved to get roasted. So yeah, like dude, all that I saw, I was on TikTok uh yesterday. And I was scrolling through TikTok like on our TikTok. So it's Tennessee stuff pops up sometimes because we interact with them so much, I guess. And there was this TikTok with, you know, like the beat drop and everything of Spencer Rattler getting hammered by a Tennessee guy. I was like, no. Yeah. There's he, no he, way they're I, posting highlights from that game. I'm just he, glad I'm just glad after this week we can stop talking about this team and their fan base. They 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 don't deserve our time of day. 
it's fun to talk about them because they, they get so mad and they're it's so freaking like they're just they're so insecure and they want to be good so bad and they're so arrogant for no reason. I don't even want to give them the time of day, so it's nice that they're back in their their hole. The worst part about it about that video though was he had the comments off and he had the duets off. <laughs> and he couldn't reply well, to it because <laughs> he knew he was going to get roasted. Loser. I mean, that's just so soft. Like he said, Man, "What was that guy who trolled us weekly, Marion?" I dude, I, there's so many in our comments. I don't, I don't even know. Um, listen, the Baltimore guy, he's a good guy. Griffin, Griffin doesn't like him, but he's. He's legit good troll. He, he's a legit funny. good troll, and that's what I respect. And you can tell when someone's witty and someone's just trying to get a rise, and, and it's funny. Like, it's legitimately funny. The Rucker dude, the Reagan dude, the Austin Balls dude, those guys are arrogant, and they deserve everything that's coming to them. Like, they they do not know football at all. Eric I, Ainge. Like, Eric Ainge. <laughs> I, I would just, I would go ahead and, and call them out. Like, they, they said some of the most outlandish things I've ever seen. A lot of stuff that I say is completely troll purpose. I, I believe a lot of it, but some of it's just funny because I know Ohio State fans will be there as soon as I tweet anything about them. So it, it is funny, but and that's why I respect Voldemort because he tweets outlandish things, but it's a clear troll and it's hilarious. Yeah. But some of those guys, man, they, they're legitimately hurt. Like they stayed in bed all day the last two days. I guarantee it. And I love that thought. It literally fires me up. I don't need coffee this week because all I have to do is think about freaking – Zach Reagan's and and Austin Ball's just miserable in their freaking nine to five. This they week. they had the deactivate so Twitter page pulled up. They were ready to to just yeah, no let doubt. go of it. <laughs> no doubt. But we've been here long enough, Griff. Let's let these fine folks go to bed. I need to go to bed myself. Uh, but listen, the dog season's about to start. Like that's just how it is. That's where we're at at this point. And I'm excited. There's gonna be a lot of good ball. We're about to really bring the energy on this pod. You need to be following us on Twitter. And TikTok. Griff's been slacking on TikTok. He'd be the first to admit it, wouldn't you, Griff? Yeah, I would. I, I posted two today, though. Good, good. We're back. Day. We're back on TikTok. We've had some momentum. We're going to keep it rolling. Listen, guys, it's about to get dicey. We're going to need your help. I promise LSU fans, they, they're a different breed. We know that. Uh, we might be facing USC in the playoffs. That would be I nuts. don't know what that's going to look like, to be honest. We're going to need the help. I, I, think, I think they're a little deranged. And if we play Ohio State, my gosh. My gosh, put on your hard hats, boys. I hope it comes to it. It's going to be a war zone, and we will lead you guys into battle. Just help us out. But appreciate you guys. Go dogs! Have a freaking great week. Wear that G proud on your chest. Never play the Michigan card I'm seeing right now. Oh, you know, we might lose to Ohio State, but but I'll, I'll be happy with the way this team battled. Shut the heck up. We, we're going to win every game. Argue with anyone who says otherwise. BS. We're the top dog. Be the top dog. Freaking act like the top dog. Have a good week. Go, dogs.